Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a fantastic day or night wherever you are, and welcome to episode two. In the spirit of sharing the youth voice, because I, as a youth myself, think that's very important, today we will be interviewing Victoria Oliveira. She is 18 years old, and she is an incredibly talented artist. In fact, today's cover art is actually made by her. She also does a lot of work in the community to advocate for diversity and racial justice, whether that be through the Clear Sky Native Youth Council, through a nonprofit called UNEA, or through diversity clubs at her school, she is incredibly involved. She has some fantastic thoughts to share with us, so stay tuned, and here we go. Welcome, Victoria, to the Originator podcast. I am so glad to have you here. To start off, can you please tell us a little bit more about yourself for the audience? Yeah, so my name is Victoria. Uh, my native name is Atziri, and I am mixed race, uh, European, and uh, Nahua, Nahua, and uh, <laughs> um, Taromara. So my tribal affiliation is Central Mexican, <laughs> for the most part. Uh, I like to draw. <laughs> I really enjoy, especially drawing inspiration from my culture. And yeah, that's, that's what I do. It's really cool. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, I, I like to draw too. So I think it's really interesting. You like to draw based on your culture. That's always a good thing to do. Um, so yeah, I'd just like to ask you some questions. So first I'd like to know, like, what is it like to be indigenous, um, while living in the United States? How is it like, and what have you been, what have your experiences been like? Well, because I'm mixed race, I'm very white passing and people don't tend to associate that with as part of my identity. In fact, it can be sometimes kind of awkward <laughs> explaining that I am indeed indigenous. Uh, I've had a few negative experiences, especially as a child. Uh, I've had people <laughs> say some mean things and tell me things like, go back to my country, <laughs> which is really awkward and not very nice. But overall, uh, I think my existence has been a rather quiet one. I am one of the luckier ones. Right. And yeah, that's that's definitely an unfortunate experience when I think people just don't realize that like when they say go back to your own country, they don't realize <laughs> that, you know, like certain like indigenous people like this is their country, right? Like for many mm -hmm. indigenous people and it's like, educate yourself, please, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so that's unfortunate. Um, also, I just wanted to tell, let you know, so I'm non-Indigenous. I'm actually Indian, but I'm from Asia. <laughs> so that's yeah. Indian. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So uh, I've, I've definitely experienced things like that as well. So yeah, yeah it is unfortunate. So um, what are like some things that you've learned um, from your culture and as an Indigenous person? So as an Indigenous person, I've gotten a lot of things from both my mother and my father. My father spent a very extended period of time in Alaska, and I have a half-brother who is Native Alaskan. And um, so as a result, when my dad had me, he introduced not only his own Indigenous culture, but also 
indigenous cultures that he had picked up in Alaska. I grew up singing songs that in um, Alaska native languages that I don't even know anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's been colorful, I think. Uh, we celebrate a lot of um, Mexican traditions as well, which are especially Day of the Dead, which has a really strong presence in my life because my birthday happens to coincide with it. So it used to be a combination thing. I always, um, I've always worn native clothing on that day and I get really elaborate sometimes with flowers and marigolds and setting up the altar was always a lot of fun. I think overall it's had a very like positive and mixed impact in my life. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of things are just sort of things that I always was used to and always just seemed normal to me. And I still to this day really enjoy participating in these activities. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Yeah, Day of the Dead is such a wonderful celebration because I think it's very unique because um, instead of like mourning the passing on of your ancestors, you're like recognizing them, you're honoring them, which I think is a really interesting perspective. So. Oh, yeah. My friends always found me a little morbid, but I've never seen anything so... I've never been afraid of death, I think, as a result. It always just seemed like something that was natural and normal and part of our existence, and I'm glad to have that perspective. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And you mentioned that you were, you know, used to sing, like, Native American songs, and but you said you ended up forgetting them. How, how did that happen? A lot of it is... Um, mostly that I don't speak any of the languages of my of people, which is really sad, actually. Most Mexicans don't speak Nahuatl or other um, um, native languages in that area, despite the fact that I think a good 80% of Mexico is mixed race like I am. So that's always bothered me and it's really sad because I can't really access the resources to learn that language, especially here in the United States. Mm -hmm. I have um, gone, to, I've actually taken a course to learn uh, Lakota, which is a language uh, central to the Lakota people in um, uh, central, central United States. And that was a really nice experience to have. As for the songs I've forgotten though, I can't really do a whole lot because of the lack of resources and it's difficult to learn new languages from scratch all over again. I try them. Yeah, that's, just, that's so sad to hear. And um, did you learn those songs when you were in Alaska or how did you learn those songs? I've lived my entire life. I was born and raised here in the Pacific Northwest. So I've never actually been to Alaska. Mm -hmm. They were songs that my dad just used to sing with me when I was very, very small, like three, four years old, kind of like, Mary had a little lamb style small. <laughs> <laughs> I remember some of them. I just don't remember the lyrics anymore. And there used to be hand motions that went with them. I think one song that really sticks out in my memory was, uh, I think it was an Inuit song about um, seal hunting. And it had hand motions that went with it. That was one of my favorites. Wow, that's great. Yeah, so you mentioned there aren't any resources to learn languages. Do you wish there were? And if so, do you wish that they taught these languages at schools? Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> I 
personally in general just really love the development of language and because I don't actually know languages that are essential to parts of my ethnicity is super like tragic it bothered me for a really long time so I started making an effort to gather resources only to find that a lot of them are really scarce especially for native languages there's not a lot of effort to made besides within like isolated communities to try and like preserve these languages there's also not a lot of government help which I think is the really tragic part that we live in an area like for example here in the Pacific Northwest I live on Duwamish land and I can't speak I've never learned or even heard of until I took a separate course to like experience the languages central to the people who actually live here mm -hmm. and I think that that would be a really useful skill to learn, or at the very least, it would help um, inspire a new age of like relearning these languages and teaching these languages to our children so that they don't get forgotten. Yeah, language is a very essential and important part to a lot of cultures, and I don't want to see that disappear. I absolutely agree. Yeah, I think these languages should be kept alive for sure because you because uh, as a result of all this like colonialism and all this like they've it's definitely been lost a lot of it has been lost but I think it's time that we kind of bring it back so I would be really interested in learning <laughs> oh yeah. yeah yeah um what else so what languages do you know and speak so um I speak Spanish and English at home which are obviously um languages that I learned from mostly my mother my dad also speaks a little bit of Spanish when I was very young I went to an immersion school for German so I do speak a little bit of German as well and currently besides um my Lakota classes that I took briefly for um about two months I've been personally researching the um indigenous uh, Gaelic language of Ireland because that's another language that's also suffering a little bit um, from sort of enforced language death by the British. Mm -hmm. So I like learning or at least exploring other languages that aren't that aren't uh, doing very well because I want to do my part to at least contribute to the learning and like spreading them around. I've also made an effort to learn Nahuatl, but that's one language that's been very difficult to find. There's only a number of like uh, classical Nahuatl resources, which are very old dialects and forms of Nahuatl that are sort of non-specific as well. Well, obviously people, the Nahuatl people who still live in Mexico still have like their living breathing language that is quite a ways removed it's kind of like learning sh Shakespearean English versus the English that we're speaking right now so I've been finding it really difficult to find any resources besides some very basic old-fashioned Nahuatl mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's about the length of my language journey <laughs> That's, that's, that's a lot for sure though that's really good I love learning languages too which is really nice to meet someone else who likes that so I'm learning um Spanish at school and then I speak English and then Hindi of course um and then I am also learning some French so yeah that's so cool <laughs> yeah 
I would love to learn like an indigenous language though, because you know, all these like French and Spanish, yes, they're very popular, but like indigenous languages are the like original languages that I want to learn. So yeah, they're they're so interesting and you contribute to something that keeps this culture alive. You know, and I feel like it's respectful to learn a language to the people who <laughs> were here first, especially the local regions, which is why I want to make an effort to learn um, some Lachute seed at yeah. some point. <laughs> what do you think um, should be done to like bring these languages back? I think offering them in schools would be a great place to start. I know not all schools have the resources to <laughs> learn what honestly shouldn't be exotic languages in the places that they originate from but with more efforts made to like have learning resources and gathering people who still speak these languages and encouraging parents to teach these languages to their children will help contribute to keeping these languages alive and maybe we'll have a renaissance. Mm -hmm. That's actually like so, like an idea I had too. Like I was hoping to like do some sort of project where we can like bring these back alive. So like maybe we can like brainstorm later on how to do that. I think that'd, that'd be, be so cool. Yeah. I'd love to do that. Yeah, me too. What are some things that like the general public or community knew about Indigenous people and culture? Mm, I feel like a lot of people sort of have this idea of uh, feathered headdresses and uh, dream catchers and the sort of vague understanding that indigenous people in the past sort of existed as but there's sort of this disconnect from making the connection that these people still are alive and they still are around and they still exist with their own modern thriving culture so it's always sort of this past tense referral to indigenous people and this sort of grouping of like, oh, this First Nations person belongs to this First Nations culture when there are actually a wide variety of several different cultures. It's not just a spectrum. <laughs> yeah. And then when you talk about like these feathered headdresses and things, those are definitely like generalizations and stereotypes. So um, what do you think should be done to like dispel those stereotypes? I think a lot more like indigenous history and education in schools would help. I remember in my middle school, I was lucky to go to a private school that had a slightly different curriculum. We did a few units on the local people here of Washington in the Pacific Northwest. And we learned the differences between the several um, groups of people who lived along the coast. And I always thought that was like a really good place to learn and understand. and it sort of kept us from looking at it as strictly a past tense sort of thing or like this sort of cultural conglomerate of vaguely indigenous media. So we got to learn and understand all these different peoples and what was important to them and central to their lives and how their history has come become a part of ours. Yep. And what are some things that you, if you could tell the community and try to educate them about your culture, what are some things you would tell them? I think in general, um, because I'm Mexican-American, I feel like there's a slight separation of me considering Mexican-American as like a separate thing than mm -hmm. um, indigenous, when in actuality, most 
Mexican Americans are indigenous just by the degree of being Mexican American. It kind of comes with the territory. It's a all part of the Native Americas. We're just not American Indian. So I think that's the first one because it feels kind of like it's oh it's just this separate country that has separate things and yes it is a separate country that has separate things but I am still as indigenous as someone who is Ogallala or Lakota. I'm just not local to this area. That's a really important fact for sure yeah because I think um, people don't realize, like, just like you said, like, people don't realize that if you're Mexican-American, you can still very much be Indigenous. Um, I think there's definitely a lot of stereotypes, like, like, when people think, when you say the word Native American, I feel like a lot of people immediately think of, like, Navajo, right? But mm-hmm. they're not, like, the only Indigenous tribes here, and I think um, it's just, I think it's because people don't, aren't aware about these kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think, it's sort of it's been to my understanding at least that native americans simply refers to anybody who is native to the americas and while more specific terms like american indian have been used to kind of narrow in a very specific demographic of native american but we're all native american nonetheless Mm -hmm. yeah that's why i feel like indigenous is like a better blanket term right Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, it's a lot easier (laughs) it's like saying european or asian and while it's not specific, it kind of at least gives people an idea of where you might be from. Right. What would you prefer to be called? Would you prefer to be called like Native American or Indigenous? Both of those terms are fine to me. I don't usually go into specifics about it because I'm mixed race and I feel like it's sort of awkward to only call myself one sort of thing. So the blanket term works fine for me, but for other people, they might prefer to be referred to by their First Nations, or maybe they prefer the term American Indian or Mexican Indian, etc. Right, that's cool. Um, what change would you like to see brought in society? I think the thing that bothers me the most is simply this uh, past tense referral of Indigenous peoples. It's really awkward. (laughs) And I would just like people to understand that Indigenous people are still here and we stand on their land. And one thing I've noticed recent in recent years that has been changing a lot is doing land acknowledgements at the beginning of meetings or formal events. And I think that's really important. In fact, just yesterday, I was driving by a Methodist church church, and they had um, on the, a mural on their wall that was a land acknowledgement to uh, the Duwamish people because they sat on Duwamish land. And, you know, I think that's really good. I'm really happy to see that each starting to change. Oh yeah, definitely. I am actually currently working on a project to do land acknowledgements at schools and also teach native curriculum. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. That sounds like a lot of fun. I'm very glad to hear that actually too. <laughs> what are like your hopes and dreams for Indigenous people in the future? To be formally recognized, I think like a good amount of tribes, most tribes actually are not recognized by the United States go- States government. Mm-hmm. So legally they don't count even as Indigenous. It's <laughs> That bothers me immensely. 
I think that's a pretty difficult stride to make, but I hope that in some future, maybe we'll, uh, all the people will be able to get their respective land back under their control, or at least be able to contribute to um, the governing body a lot more. I also would like to see improvement in um, reservations because a lot of conditions, especially in um, the South and central parts of the United States, reservations are not in very good states and they're sort of neglected. There's a lot of problems and social issues that prevail there because there's not a lot of government assistance. I feel just having more people care about it would really ease that and that our demographic wouldn't suffer so much. Definitely. Yep. How do you think that we can educate people and create more awareness? I think the easiest place to start is simply teaching it more in history besides being a passing footnote. That is something a lot of schools don't do at all. Even in my school where we had a pretty um, small unit, we mostly kind of bundled it up with um, other parts of what we consider to be really vital and important United States history. I think like capitalizing on, on it more, having it be more of like, than just like this sort of footnote in a unit would be really helpful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think just the understanding that indigenous people still exist and their history has contributed to ours is really important because they're not just separate. At this point, we have, they have a lot to um, contribute to and they've contributed a lot in history and they continue to contribute to our community today, so. Yeah, and that reminds me, are there any like uh, traditions or like, for example, kind of like the medicines, the healing medicines that you've learned? Like, have you learned anything like that? I can't say that I have. A lot of um, my traditions are sort of combined and a lot more of them, I guess, I've just never had the opportunity to learn. Neither has my mother, neither has her mother. (laughs) So it's something that we probably lost access to a long time ago. And living in the United States makes it a lot more difficult because not everybody here is um, Nawa or Tarahumara. I'd be really interested to going and visiting um, those uh, local villages in Mexico where they still like the language thrives and the people live. And I'd like to, I'd like to do, I, I hope to have that skill one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, connecting with your roots is definitely so important. And you said like your, even your mom's mom, like probably wasn't able to access that. So is that like a direct result of like moving from Mexico or what happened? I'd say a lot of it's just simply colonialism. Like I said, a good portion of Mexico is mixed race and with some variation of indigenous in them. But a majority, I think only, I know about 1.5 million Mexicans also speak Nahuatl as a language that prevails in their community. But not all of the people in Mexico speak any indigenous language whatsoever. Nahuatl is not the only one, but that is the example that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Most people just simply speak Spanish or Spanish and English. 
And that was something that was a re direct result of the Spanish kind of coming in and trying to stomp out any cultural ties that we had to our, our people. Thank you. Is there anything else that you want to add that we didn't cover? Um, I think <laughs> that's, that's all I got. Uh, just thank you to the Duwamish and other peoples whose land we're currently um, residing on. And thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. That was so interesting. I learned so much from you and it was it was really fun talking to you, but um, thank you so much for interviewing and for coming. Thank you for having me. <laughs>